Good afternoon, fellow guys, and welcome to another, to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Two trips to Anfield, one in the league and one in the EFL Cup. Let's go and break down the first part of one of two games. Yeah, the big crunch game at Anfield. You know, both teams going to this game with what everybody, you know, even pundits also believe are the strongest uh, 11. Arsenal went to the game with uh, Ben Leno, Rob Holding, Louise and Tierney on defence. And then you had Bellerin, Xhaka, Elneny and Maitland-Niles in midfield. And then William, Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang up front. What was your thoughts on the makeup of the squad? It was a bit strange um, seeing that Gabriel not in the starting lineup since he's you know, been a solid figure in the team. I'm not sure the reasoning why. Arteta, you know, shied away from, from putting him in the team. I think he would have um, held very nicely against Mane, you know, or either side or which side you would have put him on in defence. And I think he would have helped Luis immensely. Yeah. But um, no surprises, I think, in the midfield. You know, Ainsley Maitland-Niles coming in because he's um, renowned for his defensive duty, just as well as going forward. Um, midfield, you know, I think bringing on any in was the right choice as something I probably would have done as well. And, yeah, I think, you know, furthermore, up front, you know, it explains itself. I mean, maybe William for Pepe or Saka for, for William. But, you know, couldn't complain much going forward. Look, from the kickoff, you know, Liverpool already showed the intent. Look, they were coming kind of robust into things. Uh... I mean, Mane was actually lucky to stay on the field because, I mean, he ended up smashing Kieran Tierney across the face. I mean, of course, he said it was like a handoff, but we do know that, look, this Sadio Mane does have this uh, somewhat, you know, mean streak to his game. I think many people kind of overlook it. Uh, if you remember, like, I think three years ago or something like that, where he ended up going studs up on, on Edison of Man City. Yeah, and of yeah. Course, taking he, him, clocking him out, yeah. like, so, I mean, he has, he's got that nasty streak to him. So, of course, Liverpool have, uh, showed also a whole different approach to the game. You can actually see they've, you know, Klopp has done his homework with uh, with a Liverpool setup after that uh, penalty shootout defeat against uh, us in the, in the Community Shield. Because 100%. All of a sudden, you could see that high press was a total different thing to, to the way they were playing. And all of a sudden, Arsenal's, you know, casual way of playing the ball out from the back was really put under pressure with every uh, opportunity. When, whenever the ball was coming to Leno, it kind of, you know, I, I'm always somebody tells you, like, you know, straight, like, I'm not feeling nervous, or this is bothering me. And I mean, this this is now something that happened, or the, the sort of feeling that came to me after a long while again, where I was actually starting to panic with the ball being knocked about at the back end. Liverpool, you know, always getting close to uh, cutting out the ball. Yes, and, and you, you know, when you spoke about, I think it was it last week, where you said it's almost like the players are on their shoelaces, or two weeks ago, players are almost on their shoelaces before they're trying to pass the ball. That's what Liverpool were doing. They were literally swarming us. And I don't know for the life of me why we kept on playing so for the ball from the back. I don't know if Arteta is insisting that, you know, play from the back, play from the back, play from the back, because it was a needless pressure. At times, we were passing the ball straight to Liverpool, and I was shaking my head and thinking... Like, is this really happening? I mean, look, as frustrating as it is, um, in a way, I also do have a sort of, um, you know, understanding for Ateta's mindset for that. Because, look, to do something like that or to play a, a, a sort of tactic like that, it also takes practice. I mean, you can do it in training and that, but you can only really put it into practice in a sort of real match situation. And I think... You know, it's not like you, you have to also like also take the sort of, you know, kick up the backside if it's going to fail. But because you can see, it's like say a team like uh, Barcelona or um, sometimes, not always, but look, Bayern, if they sense danger, they are not going to do this sort of football. Yes. Long. But I mean, you can see if you do get it right, you know, the way it was in the community shield, because every time they was, because look, Liverpool kind of loose with their, with their pressing game in the, <coughs> excuse me, in the community shield. And that is when we could almost like, you know, lure them into us and almost like just chip it over them. But this time they were playing almost like a sort of staggered press. So even though one would like say charge, say Rob Holding or David Lewis, by the time they try to clip the ball over, that person that they're about to pass to has already been closed down by about two Liverpool players. And then that is where Klopp, you can see, has done his homework on how to sort of combat this, which, you know, as we're going to get even into the Carabao Cup game, it also showed 
we are there to show another, you know, a sneaky or conniving side to his side of the game again. But, you know, we continue with the game. Um, you know, Arsenal 4 is 4 were really few and far between, like, you know, the first half, because I think at one point, the, the percentage level thing or the position chart that popped up, it was something like at one point, 80 20. And then I think gradually in that first half, the latter part of the first half, it was like going about 70 30. But I mean, it, you know, Liverpool were really ever present, knocking, you know, almost like the Liverpool of the, I mean, of course, you, you weren't born yet, but that Liverpool of the 80s where they were. Just, you know, that passing movement, the whole time passing. And you could see after a while, with us playing almost like two deep-lying uh, holding midfielders, they were almost like being struggled and being like uh, almost like overrun at times. We were literally being boxed in, you know, like, you know, Arsenal, they almost like, you know, were in a submission hold, trying to get out all the time and Liverpool were coming back and coming back and coming back. And, it, you know, for, for me, it resembled... A similar type of style to, you know, the, the Arsenal way of when they used to dominate teams, but also, you know, Man United as well, you know, where they would come at you, they would come at you, they would come at you under Ferguson, you know, until, you know, you, you have to submit. But Arsenal were holding strong. But but my biggest fear for me was Arsenal were making too many individual errors. Yeah. Anybody in particular that, that stood out for you that's guilty of it? For, for, for me... Um, um, Xhaka was a bit guilty of it, you know, even when he was like, oh, he's holding on players, getting sometimes, trying the fancy pass as well. Um, for me, also, William struggled in this game uh, as well. I think that, you know, uh, I think you and I saw that, like a private chat on the on WhatsApp, about we could actually see the sort of tempo Liverpool were playing. I mean, look, he's, he's a, uh, like a, fit, a super fit player. But I just think that sort of tempo that, that Liverpool were playing at or pushing us at, it was even taking, you know, the steam out of, he, like, out of his legs because you could see he was like laboring. The, it was like midway already of the of the first half, he was already laboring. And almost like he was getting overrun. And as we're going to now lead into this, 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 um, with this match now, the uh, review of the match, I'm going to also bring up also something where you can actually start pinpointing where the errors start, you know, uh, you know, also build up against us in this game. Yeah, and, and, and it's almost like uh, Arteta can only take this team so far, and you've seen in, in in this game as well, where like you know, like like the, I think I left out maybe Rob Holding as well. He also battled a lot in this game, Ballerin as well, foul throws. I mean, come on, this is, this is this is not like this is a top team playing, probably the one of the top three teams in Europe right now. And, you know, to give away um, silly errors like that, I mean, you have to be at your best. I mean, the one, the, 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 I think the first one of these was actually most embarrassing because it was deep in our half and the ref immediately picked up that he was uh, not throwing it. And I mean, even my like my kids were watching it as well and, and they also said, like, isn't that a, like a foul throw that he's doing? Because he's like just putting the ball above his head and just dropping it down. I mean, it's like old, old school tricks that he was know these things already. But... Back to the game, uh, they were, of course, uh, you, know, you know, really peppering our, about, like our penalty area because every time, you know, David Lewis would get himself in front of the ball or Rob Holding was just, you know, hacking the ball clear. But what was also not helping was we were already under all that sort of pressure. And every time our players are just hacking the ball forward, it's not like going anywhere or to anyone. So... It's not like the Liverpool are picking the ball up from the half and, and then here we go again. Yeah, they start bowling again. And, and you could see, you know, it's almost like what they call that, you know, the what's it, the pressure cooker. You can see it's just bowling and bowling and bowling to something. Yeah, and it's like Arsenal lacked a bit of pace in the team as well. Yes, we had a Pameyang, but he was completely isolated. And like I said, he's not going to run past two or three players and then, you know, make a pass. And Williams the same. You know, they're not going to... We needed somebody that could take a ball, you know, sprint down the line and kind of like a like a sucker almost that that young legs just to to burst down the line because you know it was like you said it was like a pressure cooker where Arsenal was just they were coming, they were coming, they were coming. And you could hear that, you know, that old school kettling, you know, where it makes that whistling noise. Yeah, I mean twenty first minute Alexander Arnold it's a free kick and the ball I think clips off Ballerin's back and it it's the cro the post of the crossbar, and I mean you can see uh, uh, 
Ben Nenno is like in a totally flat footed. Then again, at 24th minute, Arsenal totally against the runoff play. We end up taking the lead because I don't know if it was between Wijnaldum and Robertson. There was like kind of miscommunication. And Robertson, I don't know what he was trying to do. If he was trying to flick the ball up or something, and he ends up losing possession. The ball ends up bobbling to Lacazette. And thankfully, I think if Lacazette had hit the shot perfectly, I think Allison gets his end to it. But Lacazette ends up scuffing, scuffing the shot into the ground, and the ball just kind of loops over Allison, and then Arsenal go one up. I, I I celebrated and thinking, you know, is this it? like I had flashes of, of of you know, is this our season where you know people don't say, oh, I shall go to Anfield and beat him, and I'm thinking, how long can we get to half time? With his one up, can we get the half time? When we went one up, I was so busy doing like that one of that Vince McMahon struts. Now, <laughs> <laughs> this is it. We got them where we want because now I'm already thinking. Because I think I still see something down the lines. Okay, uh, guys, shut the game down till half time. And I mean, my words weren't even cold. And yeah, I end up seeing uh, Salah end up just powering himself, you know, past Kieran Tierney. And I'm thinking, like, what am I watching? Because, you know, <laughs> you still have that euphoria from the, you know, the goal celebration. Yes. <laughs> and, and you just see the ball get squeezed, and I look, and it's like a little fart shot over the line. He just, I'm like, just sticks his like by accident, just sticks his foot, and then Mane puts the ball in 1 1. I was in disbelief. I'm thinking, guys, you just took the lead, and you continue. It's like Deja Vu at Anfield again. Um, so yeah, like, by the way, 147 seconds clock. <laughs> oh, my, my dream wasn't even there till the end of Arsenal lifting the league and that happens. I'm thinking like... <laughs> you know, you mentioned that and I'm just having a flashback. That time when Maitland-Niles scored that fantastic yeah. goal. And then, of course, the whole shit show started <laughs> at Anfield where I'm slipping and sliding all over. <laughs> Oh, you know, Arsenal never seems to have made it. I mean, was it that goal where, 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 where Shaka is trying to wrestle um, one of the Liverpool players? I think it could be that or Socrates, because I know it was one of them that was... I just saw players on the ground as the, oh, like, Liverpool were just waltzing through us in that game. Because I was really, like, dis- disappointed with this first goal we conceded. I mean, it was... You know, you have the... You had all the, like, you know all the incentive to just settle down and to kind of, you know, hold your head, get through to half time. But I, uh, this is also what I wanted to add. I just think Arsenal should have just taken this thing out of the game. Like, I think you're not trying to, I mean, I'm just putting it the other way that you know just mentioned. Because I just think we were, you know, that, that, that as I said now earlier, that euphoria of that goal, we were like on such a high and that, and I think we, we actually just needed someone just to calm down, like, you know, just, even if it was just to keep that balling day off for like for a few minutes, maybe, but just to take that, that kind of thing out of it, because you know you're going to face already a red onslaught from them. And then, I mean, what was it, 34th minute, we end up uh, again conceding the ball again coming from the uh, the right side, I believe, uh, uh, comes to Robertson. He ends up uh, steering the ball past Leno. But this is what I want to bring up. If you noticed after the goal is scored, you can actually see Rob Holding and, and I think it was Bellerin also. They are actually telling William, why are you not tracking back? Because if you think of it, William is supposed to be actually marking him for in the defensive side of things. And because uh, our, our central midfielders are already plugging up the gaps in the middle of the of the box. And when you see it, it's like Robertson ends up getting just a free run because by the time I think William picks up speed, he's already inside, like, you know, just about getting inside of our box, and, and William is still busy chasing back. So, I mean, critical, critical error at a really bad time. Yeah, and then you just, after that, you just thought, ah, uh, you know, I'll take it draw now. And But you just couldn't see it in that first half. As the first half went on, you were, like, asking yourself, where is this breakthrough going to come from? It had to come from a corner or something, because we just weren't, um, getting into Liverpool's rush, we weren't causing them any trouble. And I think having that two defensive midfielders made Liverpool's life quite easy yeah. in terms of an attacking front. And um, Hector Ballerin at this moment in time, you know, it's a pity Arsenal must have done an atomic lamptey because Hector Ballerin is not causing the, the, uh, um, his opponent um, left-back enough issues 
you know, going forward. At the moment, he's, he's attacking games, he's struggling, which is something that he used to be renowned for. Because when you look at also that, that one chance, I think four minutes before halftime, it was, I think, Salah, where the ball ended up getting, you know, it was like they're mucking about on the, on the thing that we, in that area where Ballerin was, I don't know which other midfielder was with him there, but some other ball ends up just squirming out. The ball gets played. I think Firmino then manages to get himself out or out of that whole thing, plays the ball to Salah. And I mean, I think if it wasn't for Ben Leno's quick reactions, he actually kind of snuffed out that sort of danger, which would have. I mean, I think if, if Salah had, had, like, I think better control, I think they could have gone or even three up going to the half. Uh, that would have been Capeston match if that had to be the case. I mean, I think I was, once they made it 2 1, I was kind of hoping, you know, just get. To half time at two one, and you know maybe we can regroup from there with Atletis. Normally, he's his dream team talks. I think we need that cooling break again. It kind of helps. So second half, you know, different approach by Arsenal somewhat. They were, I think they started pushing uh, El Nene and and Chaka a bit higher, you know, to play almost like in a more advanced, uh, like I say, a four four two or something like that. Because we were not really starting to kind of you know, kind of push further forward. But I mean, of course, Liverpool were now also just playing for that because they knew they got the runners, they could eat us at, you know, at will on the break. So it was almost like, as you said now, like, I think it was more like a, a, a gung-ho type of approach by Arteta. Not to like, you know, go full attack, like say, Wenger would try to go toe-to-toe with teams. <laughs> but I think it was more a, a cautious approach, but just telling them, look, you can't push a bit further. And you can see it was working to a degree because was something to get, you know, higher in that, that, that final third of, of, of the, the pitch. And I mean, we we're actually kind of uh, stringing a bit the, uh, together, but we just did not have that sort of, uh, you know, the cut through thing that we need, you know, when we come close to the box, because there was almost like too much dallying on the ball at times, not real, you know, sort of direct running. And I think this is something that, that kind of, uh, you know, you, you can see it's something Arteta does not want, but it's almost like the old school Arsenal, where it just comes back in again, where... They will run, you know, forward. They see all of a sudden, okay, the channels are closed. Then what? No, they stop. They turn around and start going back to the Argo. Then, of course, in that time that they're doing that, they get almost like swarmed by Liverpool. And then they we get dispossessed. And we got like, again, almost like four versus five or six of Liverpool's players just streaming forward. Yeah, it's almost like they're eating us on the counter-attack all of a sudden again from a silly error on, on like something that could have been avoided. So, yeah, the, for me... Also, the defense kind of also was a. I would, I would say the old defense because I think uh, Louise was trying to hold the fort somewhat. Yeah. Tierney looked really out of it, almost like you know being out muscled constantly, and I think he's also not getting the sort of help that you would need on that flank. And then of course uh, on the other side, Rob Holding, as you were mentioning, at times he was just making the most weird clearances. Like at times he was like. You know, where you need maybe, because I don't know if, if Louise said at one point they had words with him, it was like, you know, you have to almost like make a few seconds for yourself and then clear the ball because it's only like he even panics and make uh, that, that panic starts running through that whole team like that. And it's almost like, have you ever seen somebody that, that um, hasn't played football in their life and you, you know, they tried to kick a soccer ball? <laughs> it's like they did how to sort their feet out. And it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that, like like the whole body movement, like you were trying, you were struggling, and that's why I said, I think Arsenal needed Gabriel at the back. I mean, you would have added some composure, and I don't think if he had to be on the side, Tierney was. I don't think he, he would have been. Salah would have been able to outmuscle him like that. I mean, he's a very, I mean, he's a really robust player. I mean, I know some people were saying, you know, they're not that too impressed with him, but I mean, he shows. I mean, if he's showing this sort of potential already now, I mean, if. If he just has, say, I'm not saying, say, David Luiz, but if you have now, say, another, say, a top, but maybe somebody that's in his late 20s that's playing alongside uh, alongside him, I mean, who knows what he can even become as a, as a central defender because, I mean, he looks really the business because, I mean, the upper body strength, it's just like people are just bouncing off him. So, Arsenal end up making another f- substitution where they bring on Ceballos and they took Jakov. I, w- I was actually surprised, but that being said, uh, El Nini was the better of the two. I mean, I'm not saying uh, El Nini had an outstanding game, but I just think he actually did a bit more, tried to close down more than Jaco. Yeah. Again, was was like laboring with everything. Uh, you know, almost like kind of needlessly bumping into players, giving away like, needless fouls, and then I think 
That is when you need somebody again that can literally stay on his feet and just control the game, even if, uh, from a def- defensive perspective, but doing it from your feet and not just, you know, lunging or dragging people down. Uh, so in the 62nd minute, Van Dijken has a shot at goal. Leno, you know, manages to save. Then Lacazette ends up, I don't know how he ends up screwing this up because oh. offside trap. It's a fantastic ball by Sebayos. I mean, it just splits the whole Liverpool defence. Lacazette, of course, has the legs to get past. But it's almost like he kind of loses nerve when he saw Allison is not dropping to his feet, uh, not dropping to the ground because he's stuck. He's stuck on his feet. I mean, which any goalkeeper is normally taught like that way. You wait, you wait, you try to outside the strike. And I mean, he did win the, the, the battle of the, the mental battle. Because I mean, yeah. he made Lacazette almost like flinch and take the shot to way too early. And I guess that's why you have the best, like, you know, the best in the world in, in your polls for moments like that. Where you know he's not called upon to do a lot, but when it matters, he come he, he makes it count because I mean Lacazette should have buried that. I mean yeah. that's why you know I guess you know, he's a top player, and, and don't get me wrong, you know he could bag plenty of goals this season, but that's why he also you know sometimes um, pundits or ever second guess him, or you know they always say there's a rumor well that he might be on his way out because I mean a top striker that chance at Anfield two one down. You roll that in the net. Suddenly, Arsenal's heads are up. You know, um, uh, Liverpool are looking at each other now. You know, we had the opportunity to bury this game. We two two now. Now what? I mean, if you, if any of the listeners watched that game, also, um, I think that a few days before that was with uh, Man City versus Leicester. Man City take the lead at the Etihad, but I mean, uh, there's the sort of chances that. Uh, Vardy, I mean, you give him the sort of chances, or like even though that look, he got like some penalties in the game, but I mean, he saw to it that he got that penalties because he was getting himself almost like becoming a sort of uh, a menace for that whole defense of them. So they didn't know how really how to handle him. He's almost like a slippery eel because he's like working himself in that positions, you know, running off the ball. And then, I mean, there's almost, like no other option for you to actually take him down. And like I said, it doesn't give us it at the moment. Is yeah. he's, a, he's a very static forward. Yeah. You know, he, he can slip into gaps and stuff like that, but he's not going to... He's just that way, say, a wily character, like you say, where, like you said, slippery as an eel, where they get into the box, make like difficult, and you have no other choice but to put your foot in and you clip them. Yeah. You know, I think I think defending against Lacazette is probably easier than maybe against a Jamie Vardy or, you know, I don't know, other strikers that has a bit more pace in them that will take you on as like... I don't know if Aubameyang to be shifted up, but I mean, you know, like I said, he did score three in three, so you can't slate him. But I said, this one counts. You know, two two at Anfield. Suddenly, Liverpool are looking at each other. I mean, I actually thought he was gonna. If you, you remember, like when he joined us, or even prior to that, when he was now at Lyon, everybody used to know when he gets into that sort of position, he just smashes the ball past, even if it's sending the ball to the other corner from where, where the goal is actually advancing. Because I was thinking he's going to do that. I didn't expect him to try to, try to you know, it was like hit a load, like a hard drive at, to try to beat Allison at the near post. I think, you know, that uh, that probably woke Liverpool up as well and they said, hey, hang on, we can't switch off like this. And also, you know, probably gave Arsenal a bit of hope, to, putting them, to, making them think, you know, we, we, we're still in this. So then with about 20 minutes to go, Arsenal ended up making two more subs. Pepe came on for William, who, you know, had a kind of off day. And then Eddie Nketiah came on for Lacazette, because I think Lacazette also kind of played himself into the ground, because I think Virgil van Dijk was just, you know, literally bullying him for most of the game. Yeah. And one thing I just want to mention also, you know, in all my years like, watching Arsenal, like, like sometimes there's always a, an opponent that, you know, can almost like get under your skin, but you know it's almost like somebody that, that can cause all sorts of, of trouble when he plays. You know, the way people know Drogba when he used to play Arsenal, we could never really get the best of him. And for me, Sadio Mane, when you see the sort of like, performance, I mean, look, of course he does the business against any team, but when I, when you see that team sheet and you see his name already on it, it's almost like your heart kind of sinks for like, you know, a couple of levels when you see. Because I mean, that guy is all over the place. He'll attack you from the left side, on the right, down the middle. He's got the, the, the dribbling skills. He's got the finish. And I mean, he's like, you know, just about, I mean, but I, I don't think he's that strong saying in the air, but for me, he's almost like a complete forward. And, and, and he's literally destroyed us playing for Southampton already. And, yeah. you know, 
if it's at Hampton, he used to, you know, when he was playing for Hampton, he always used to give Arsenal trouble. But now you look at him now, and they paid what also 30 million for him. Look at that business 30 million. They weren't in the Liverpool, weren't in the Champions League at that point, and they managed to sign Sadio Mane. Look at the difference. And you have to look at also Arsenal's, you know, recruitment in that aspect. If you compare, we paid almost double Pepe, we could have got two Mane's or two and a half Mane's for, for a Pepe. And I mean, what really, you know, wound, I mean, when you see this, let's say the latter part of of that, that second half, where, you know, you got our most expensive signing, having to take two corners, and it can't be the first man. Oh, that, that was frustrating. You know, and, and I know, you know, we, we, we've been very much, you know, a seesaw with Pepe, you know, in the beginning, you know, we were like, I, I don't know if he's the right guy, you know, he hasn't proved himself, he hasn't proved himself. You know, end of the season, you look at it, you're like, okay, wow, you know, maybe we we a bit wrong. He he was the second most assists. You know, he gave assists in the cup final, cup semi final. Um, you know, maybe we were wrong, but for me, it just seems like you know, when, like games like this, you come on, you're expecting him to make an impact. You know, take a corner, put it on the penalty spot. You know, make Liverpool work for it, but it was too easy, and I was disappointed. I don't even think, I think, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I mean, I can, like, you know, I said to be corrected, but didn't that, that, uh, that second corner of his, didn't that eventually lead to that, that third goal, or, or some sort of attack at our goal? No, it led to attack at our goal, I'm not sure it was at the third goal, I, I, I don't know, I might, I might have to go and really look at that, I'm not 100% sure, but it has put us in very difficult situations with that corner, I mean, how do you just hit it the first post all the time? Is it a tactic or did he just miss his, misplace no, his corner? Mean, look, Aiden, you could see it was even at shin level. It wasn't even like <laughs> knee or head or like, you know, for a flick on. I mean, unless you could do a diving header to flick <laughs> it, it was never going to work when he was trying. Oh, but yeah, you know, are you, are you still holding fingers that Arsenal were going to equalize because there were still opportunities, there were still opportunities, but. You know, I think, you know, Liverpool bringing on that Diego Jota, and I think he showed he wanted to to show something. I mean, you know, Salah, there was a point where Salah took the ball off his foot and <laughs> kind of, you know, tried to shoot, but Jota, you could see, was angry to prove himself. And, I mean, and yeah. he, you know, eventually did with that, I don't know, controversial handball. Do you call it the handball? Do you not? And then, you know, slots it away to make it 3-1 to Liverpool. Yeah, I think what was, for me, somewhat frustrating. I mean, at first, I wanted to fume a bit at Leno, but I mean, when they showed it from Jota's back, when he strikes the shot, there's so many bodies in front of Leno, I think he sees it very, very late, the balls. And and I mean, it ends up now, of course, of course nestling in the net, and they take the three points. Very disappointing, but, you know, brought back down to earth. Arteta needs to relook at things, relook yeah. at how we're going to take on things. And, you know, party needs to come, I think, to Arsenal. I mean, I think if you watch the performance at Anfield when they knocked um, Liverpool out, you could see, you know, he wasn't going to get bossed in the midfield like, you know, Fabinho was doing to us. I mean, Fabinho also had an outstanding game, tackling everybody that came his way. And, yeah, I think the ref also, you know, wasn't the best. And I'm not saying that we deserve to win, but there were that one decision where I think they bodied a bombing of the ball or almost handled him. And then the same thing happens with Bellerin and the yellow card Bellerin. Yeah, so last night, Arsenal then were back up at Anfield to play the Carabao Cup uh, cup match. Uh, we were, of course, Arteta rang the changes with only, I think, uh, Holding and Xhaka from, from the Monday night squad that were now back in the cup. Arsenal looked, you know, way better defensively this time around. Uh, I think what you and I also mentioned prior to this, uh, with Gabriel now in the back line, they looked a bit more comfortable. I mean, of course, Liverpool was still, even with all the changes, Liverpool was still going to come out, you know, flying against us, especially being our own game. But I mean, Arsenal, I think, dealt with everything that they did throw at us up to that tip, at that point. You know, they dealt with it very well. Yeah, I, I felt that um, Gabriel coming in, you know, showed a massive difference. Because for me, I didn't know if it was just me, but Salah was very quiet in this game. Like, yeah, I was scared when I saw Salah. I don't know if you notice also, uh, if you can just think back now to last night, with whenever Gabriel was playing now, uh, look, he was not really getting that much, say, support of, of Kolasinac. I just think Gabriel was every time, it was like pushing um, 
Salah more out wide so that you, you can't use that lethal left foot of his. Because you can see every time Salah, as much as he went wide, you can see he wants to always come back on that left foot to cut inside. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I said Saliba, but uh, Gabriel ended up just, oh, you know, always ushering him out wide. And I think that was also what nullified so that, that sort of attack on that side. Yeah, because when I saw Liverpool have Salah in their lineup, I thought, oh, flip, this could be game over. Because Jota also seemed like, you know, like a wily character at the moment. So he would have been uh, uh, giving us a, a run. But when I saw Salah's name, I'm like, oh, flip, you know, they're going for it. But Gabriel dealt well with Salah. And for me, you know, the biggest disappointment to the night is I'm going to go to Pepe again. You know, I don't know, they tried playing him as a left winger. Going to his conventional, you know, cutting in game. So, but it just seemed like he had nothing to offer. I mean, I, I thought maybe he'd maybe get some chalk on his boots. And, you know, like I mentioned, Gareth Bale in his prime. When, you know, he takes you on wide and he whoops across in and the striker gets onto it. But there was nothing of that sort. Yeah, and I mean, like, with regard to the match now, it was also like a, you know, real cagey affair, both teams really, you know, cautious, I think, also the, incident, not, or not the incentive really, but, you know, the mindset that it's a cup game, you can be knocked out, I think everybody were, you know, really cautious, didn't want to make too many errors, but that being said, uh, Arsenal get the first decent chance, I think it was a fantastic ball by Granit Xhaka, that dissects the whole Liverpool defence, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it was Pepe that runs onto the ball, he cuts the ball to Willock. And I actually thought Willock was going to eat the ball first. Time. Yeah, I also thought that. And then Willock ends up, you know, like opening his foot, allowing Nikete. And again, Nikete, I thought, <laughs> like, you know, eating like a rocket to the roof of the net. And he tries to, he takes the ball on it. Then I don't know from, he, he tries to round Adrian, but he's <laughs> already kind of wily to that. And he ends up just getting into the ball and dispossessing Nikete. So, really a wasteful chance, especially again. Could have been a vital moment in the game. We can now edge yourself ahead, and that now happens. Yeah, and Ketia is 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 taking opportunities. You know, he's scoring important goals, but I just feel he he lacks something to his game. And like when you see Ketia's name on the team sheet, you, you you know he's not going to win a game like uh like a Z could possibly or like even a Bamiyang. But you know, and Ketia. The goals he scored, he's always like the, you know, gets his foot the right place, right time. But there's never a, a moment of magic or something he does, you know, beating a player and then slotting the ball in. Like, I mean, that should have been, that should have been one nil. Just like his claim in the team. I, I think he's a, like, you know, a straight up poacher. If you think of that winner he scored against West Ham, I think he's like a straight up poacher. But I just think if if you're going to give him the ball, he's not going to slalom like... like yeah. Uh, Young or uh, Lacazette, you know, is going to really run and go at you. Because I think he, he's not, like, really the quickest. I mean, I, I used to first think he is, but <laughs> when you see certain players, like, I mean, especially last night, he came up against uh, Molnar at one point, and Molnar was actually, you know, catching up to him, and then possessing <laughs> him, and I thought, I mean, I thought you're going to, you know, turn on the jet heels and, you know, really sprint goals, but I mean, Molnar's like an old dog to know all the tricks in the book. Yeah, there was really a lucrative piece of business for Liverpool at the time. But back like to the game again, I just felt that Arsenal started, you know, uh, I think Saka, I don't know what happened. Like, he, he started very well, but like after being kicked and tripped and stuff like that, it's almost like he went into a, into a shell. And it's like we were struggling to um, find a breakthrough or make any chance because Liverpool started then taking control of the game. Yeah. And I think it was just before half-time, Arsenal, I think, failed to... Cut out a, a cross. Minamino ends up beating a, a, you know, a vol- I don't think it was a volley or half volley against the crossbar. Ball bounce, of course, to safety. But I mean, a, you know, a big, big letter for Arsenal going to halftime. Yeah, that, that, that was a letter. It could have so easily been one nil down and, you know, uphill battle from there because I don't know. It just seemed like we were lacking something in the, in, in the team again. I don't know what it was. And then second half, uh, Liverpool, of course, started, you know, forcing the issue. You know, really, you know, coming out even tougher than they did in the league game. And, I mean, they ended up, you know, forcing uh, Ben Leno into four fantastic saves. But then, of course, it was, a, you know, something I didn't really take note of last night. Until, I, you know, almost like post-match, I was watching an interview. And for me, they, like this one pundit was saying, Jurgen Klopp kind of... Um, miscalculated himself with, with the substitutions because he wanted to take Van Dijk and, and Salah off at half time because they thought they would now have already the edge 
in that first half, so it's not going to be too much of a sweat the uh, second. But I mean, you know, Arsenal, the way Arsenal was set up now last night, we were almost like nullifying the Salah threat. Van Dijk was, you know, at, at one point, he was also getting, you know, a bit of pressure on him. So I think that is where Klopp then decided, OK, I'm going to have to take my, my big guns off now. But And by the time he took that big guns off, it almost like kind of was like, you know, a bit of Liverpool taking their foot off our necks and giving us a bit more breathing space now with that two key players now off for them. And I think Arsenal then almost like grew within themselves in that, that, that uh, latter part of the second half because they now, you know, really started pushing forward. Liverpool now started to almost like just play more for, for counter-attacks, even though, look, the game was still set up at, at normal. And I mean, for me, both sides, of course, just nullified each other out as we now started, you know, the games are now slowly petering out to an uh, eventual penalty shootout. Yeah, my nerves were on. I'm like thinking, you know, is, is Karma going to get us back for beating them in the, the community shield? Yeah, and uh, in an eventual penalty shootout, Leno then reigned supreme, saving from Divock de Origi and Harry Wilson. Although Arsenal did miss prior to that uh, with El Nini, because I don't know what sort of run-up that was that he tried. Because <laughs> for me, uh, I think Jamie Redknapp said it was uh, after the game. Why don't you just run straight up? I mean, you have now a decent run-up in it, but they were like, if you look at some of the penalties that were fails, uh, Origi tried like a three- or two-step penalty. Was already kind of set him up for failure there, and I, th- I think with with Wilson, he was already giving his game up, walking to the spot that he's going to pick his spot. And I think with El Nini, as I said, a very bizarre way of taking a penalty. Uh, Leno then, you know, as I said, saves from from Harry Wilson. Then uh, Joe Willock steps up, and he takes also one of the most awkward looking penalties. Ah, uh, I know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he at one point wanted to turn his back on it after he saw how he didn't hit that ball, you know, cleanly. But I don't know, since Adrian was already committing himself one side and the ball was like he played halfway down the middle, he ended up you know, almost like fumbling the ball under his body and it ends up squirming over. Arsenal win the shootout 5-4. Yeah, and we, we get a, a nice present for knocking out the champions and getting Man City in the next round. Well, at least nobody can call us flat track bullies. <laughs> Off or something. Uh, not, not the best of throws. So, yeah, we, we, we move on to our Sunday kickoff before the international break against uh, Sheffield United. Yeah, uh, it's been a really, you know, they've been almost like, I would want to say now, a real pain in the arse was since they've been up in the Premier League. I mean, even if, if you can or eke out wins against them, they don't make it simple for you. They, You know, you really sweat for it. But for me, it's like this season has been very, very indifferent to Sheffield United. They already now what three losses in a row in the league, uh, you know, losing to Wolves, Villa and promoted Leeds. So, you know, I think they need some sort of, you know, f- uh, you know, like changing fortunes. But I mean, let's just hope it's nothing against us. Yeah, we've seen that many times before. Where a team needs that, uh, you know, Southampton was it two seasons ago when they, they <laughs> couldn't buy a win and they're going beat the unbeaten run. So, yeah, let's let's hope we can get back onto it because you know uh, um, Chelsea uh, doesn't doesn't look like they 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 you know they're struggling. Man United looks like they're struggling. Tottenham as well dropped some more points. So it's up to. To Arsenal now, you know, to to kind of put pressure on Everton now because I mean Arsenal can and Leicester because Arsenal can, you know, put some breathing space with Spurs and United playing each other the weekend as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, this opportunity for Arsenal to you know go into the national break on a good win because we come back and we play Man City. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> I just think I mean yeah, I think it's basically going that sort of mindset. But I also hope that that. You know, we don't have too many players going to this international break because, look, it's just going to be a friendly. It's not going to be anything to do with the uh, Nations League. So, I just hope it's not because, for me, these, these friendlies are normally the thing that, that can be a, a kind of killer to your season because it's normally like a needless injury. You end up picking either the, with the players in training or in one of these games that come up. So, I mean, I'm, I'm also happy for people like Saka and Maitland-Niles who now got call-ups again. I mean, Maitland-Niles, his second call-up. And Saka getting his first one. So, I mean, I actually wish them well for that. But we've seen many times Robin Van Persie goes and plays his friendlies for the Netherlands and picks up a, a injury when he was in his stride, you know, banging in goals and then comes 
you know, injured for the rest of the season. So I understand your pain, but you know, I do feel Arsenal. I hope come out against Sheffield United, play a good game of attacking football, and you know, put him to the sword in this international. I mean, end on a high, you know, nine points out of a possible twelve. I mean, we never expected a win against Liverpool, but you know, Arsenal should should really go in now and win their game against um, Sheffield United. I'm going for a possible you know, 3-1 result. I'll actually go for 2-0 no, because I think we also need to start racking up more clean sheets or so. Um, as we now start, we start wrapping down the podcast, I'm going to switch our attention now to our talking points of the week. Um, last night, I don't know, how many of our, our listeners have listened to the Mikel Arteta post-match interview of uh, you know the game last night and he said something down the lines of uh, one of the journalists were asking him what is happening to William Saliba and then he started saying I mean I first thought it's just going to be you know the basic injuries or not not ready yet or something like that and then he started going on the sort of I wouldn't say ramble but I mean he started saying he's got you know the since that it, with the uh, St. Etienne thing He's not been at the club and he's not had, you know, injury issues. And all of a sudden, when Ateta said personal issues, then I, I don't know, for some reason, something started ringing my head where I think, is it now, you know, sometimes when players have that uh, homesickness or that, you know, where it leads to almost like depression and stuff like that. So I wonder if it's something down those lines that's, you know, with regards to Saliba. Because look, the only time we've seen him now is that one in MK Don's game. And we've seen, or I've seen him now in that, that game against, where they played Brighton in the under 23 game. But other than that, he's almost like been struggling. He's not even getting, you know, a, a slot on the bench, whether it's league or a, a Carabao Cup. So, I mean, for me, it is being concerning. So, this morning, I think one of my friends sent me a, a link, an article, where it's now talked about where William Saliba is now linked with a loan move for the season to Ren. And I mean, I know oh. Ren, uh, I think Ren have just lost one of these centre-backs, like, or sold on. And they're now about to get in that um, Daniel Rugani of Juventus. But they also want another, like, almost like a backup. They want another defender. So, he, like, uh, the Rennes have now inquired to Arsenal about taking uh, Saliba on loan. And Arsenal are actually listening to the offer. Uh, it's like, like Arsenal got caught with their pants down, maybe, with signing Saliba. You know, a lot of people say, you know, he could be a... Uh, uh, the Emen Gabriel, the future partnership, and you know the backline of the the like you know the next few years. Yeah. But you know I, I've I've never seen Saliba play personally, and maybe it's an Etienne. You know he maybe did do a stellar job, but you know after all this hype and everything for <laughs> to it unfold like this, and there must be a reason behind all this because I mean to play. Kolasinac over him and Kolasinac could be on his way out the club and you're playing him instead of Saliba at the back. So, you know, something must be happening behind the scenes. I mean, like, my take, of course, it's just my two cents worth. But, I mean, like, my thoughts immediately with this whole thing is, look, he was brought, Saliba was bought by Raul Salnihi under, in that, that, that Una Emery reign. I mean, I'm not sure if Una Emery even had anything to do with, with you know, wanting this player or whatever. But I think Salne wanted the, um, Saliba. And then, look, we ended up paying that, what's it, $27 million for him? And then he ended up staying on loan at, at an Etienne for that, that uh, coming season then. But I just think to myself, what if it, it's almost like, you know, since Salne is very much, you know, you know in bed with these agents... I just wonder if it's like somebody sold him almost like a sort of tale that, look, this guy is this good and whatever. And, and you know, almost like a song. He just kind of took the word of the of the scout or or the agent and then just said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll then, you know, buy. Because now it's not like you end up with this $27 million hole in your pocket that's been there. <laughs> and you're already, like, we're already a club that, that don't have, you know, funds at, at like, say, Chelsea level or, or Man City level. So, I mean, I don't know how they're going to get themselves out of this. I mean, you look at the signing that's still near, since he came and, you know, took over from um, Gazidis. But you look at the signings that Arsenal have made thus far. I mean, to Rira, you know, I don't know what happened to him. And maybe, you know, you can maybe enlighten what happened to him. Top stellar season. And suddenly, you know, 
faded and now he's you know, on his way out. But that is one of the signings they brought in. You know, Guendouzi, also probably almost on his way out. That's all. Socrates. You know, long, long story short, all that, that's all he signed is you look at it yes. all, like with one foot out of the door. Again. Yes, I mean, you know, you look at it and say, what now? It's like those signings are leaving now again and have too much bring in new talent and start again. Yeah. I mean, he, he, what's going to happen with Pepe? You know, do you see him staying long-term at the club? Yeah. You know, racking up ti- like you know more titles and being a match winner at Arsenal? You know, I don't know. And yet we're haggling over fees for Pate and, and... What's that, Leon? Our. Yeah, our, yes, yes, yes. So, so, like, I mean, you know, we need to sign these guys, but now we're haggling with all these... I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's frustrating. And I mean, this is now, like, it leads me now to the next point now. Um, for me, it's like old transfer habits now returning to the club. Because you got the window closing on Monday. You've not gotten rid of, uh, I think, what, actually 80 players that were linked to have left the club. I think the only person we really got rid of, not like, you know, sold uh, like for uh, a big fee, was uh, Martinez for the 20 million. And other than that, it's like now we're having to kind of think, like, where are we going? And, and you know, at this rate, because look, I don't know how many teams want to do business on Saturday or uh, Sunday, and, and probably now say the Monday. But I mean, it's gonna. Are we gonna go down that, that path of doing a trolley dash again? Because you've got now a situation where, uh, okay, Kolasinac, Leverkusen, that's already about what's it, ten million? It's about five and five point two million of wages, or like you know, stuck off the wage bill. Then you've got the Torreira. Uh, Atletico Madrid do not want to buy, but the loan move looks on because. Uh, uh, I already read an article where they said he already sees his um, Arsenal career over. Like so I just think to myself now, you've left yourself in such a situation now where we're actually going to, if you look at it, but for Gabriel, we're going to go in probably with the same defence that we had last season. And it looks like, our def- like you know, Saliba was supposedly the guy to be an additional party. But, you know, What's happening there now? Now, like you said, Tien is stuck playing as a proper centre-back, which I think he could possibly do more damage as a left-wing-back. Yeah. And you shift somebody, you know, a proper centre-back there. So, you know, I don't know what's the way forward for Arsenal, but, you know, they are leaving it quite late and, you know, they could get caught to their pants down. Yeah. I mean, like, I just hope they somehow... I mean, it's gone. Like, look, at one point, I remember I told you, like, I don't know if it was you or one of my, my friends that they went on, on Facebook. They were saying, like, you know, they, they wish also now, you know, speed up the signings. And I'm like, don't, excuse me, don't worry. It's like like a month and a half or two months. Now I look, it's like a couple of days <laughs> left and we are still haggling to get people off the books. And, I mean, for me, if you want to be taken serious as a club, uh, I mean, how Arsenal can haggle over... A forty-five million pound release clause. I mean, what do they expect that team to still drop a, a, a release clause even lower? I mean, it don't work like it in football. Yeah, I mean, do, do we need a guy like Party in the midfield? Somebody who's going to dominate. I mean, if they wanted to go the cheaper route, and I'm not saying he's any talent, why not sign Takore? Yeah, he was available. He, I mean, the minute Watford got relegated, I thought we were now going to, you know, think okay, that's the sort of play because we do need a more mobile. And robust midfield, and I mean, if you see the sort of damage he's doing now with Everton in midfield, I mean, it's almost like that Allen guy can now sit deep and, and, and hold the midfield, and it's almost like it gives him the, the the license to help James going forward, and he can also slot himself in at the back as well if he needs to. So I mean, that is what we're looking for. And now, you, like if you look at it, said last night, you can see that, that with that yellow card also of Jaka. He does not have the legs if you're going to have a fast midfield. And I mean, that guy that he pulled back last night, uh, Grucic, he's not a real fast player. And yet, he like skinned Xhaka and, and Xhaka was in the ball with like half rugby tackling him now. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And I think we missed a trick there with the court. I mean, he could have, you know, brought a better game from Xhaka by allowing Xhaka to just sit. So, you know, missed business there. But let's hope we get party over the line. So, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's just see what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, hopefully it's going to be maybe still a, a busy Monday with the last ever transfer window. But, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed. I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And let's hope we get the three points. Bye. Uh, um, good luck, guys. I hope we get the three points.